Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Certified Sports Girl Podcast. I'm Avery Bales. And I'm Andrew Kiever. And today we're going to do our usual, talk about the ACC, talk about the one game we had this week, um, and then we'll go into some other little segments. So, yeah. Shot clock down to 12. Love guarded by Fields. Gets a screen. Pulls up for three. All right, so jumping right in, uh, first off, since we last filmed, the first game that's been played in the ACC was Virginia and Boston College. Virginia took away the dub in this one, 76-57. to Jaden Garner comes away with 18 points and 6 rebounds, and Armand Franklin also comes out with 18 points and then 7 rebounds. Um, Notre Dame beats the worst team in the ACC, Louisville, 76-62. J.J. Starling with 22 points and Nate Lazuski with 17 and then we have NC State barely beating Wake Forest, 79-77, but DJ Burns puts up an incredible game with 31 points and 9 rebounds, and then Jarkel Joyner runs him up with 17 points. Duke absolutely stomps Georgia Tech, 86-43. Um, Kyle Fabowski had 18 points, so that was a whooping. Yeah, bad bad whooping on uh, for Georgia Tech. Um, and then Pitt surprisingly beats Miami, 71-68, um, Blake Henson comes out with 21 points and 8 rebounds. And Miami's currently ranked 20, I believe. So that's a pretty big win for Pitt. Yeah, Pitt's on a nice little win streak after they beat Carolina. Yeah. And a, couple, a couple other wins. <laughs> um, Clemson beat FSU in a close one, 82-81. to 81. Hunter Tyson with 27 points and 7 rebounds. And Chase Hunter with 26 points. But it, Clemson's had some close ones in recent uh, weeks. And some big points put up by those two players. I mean, 27 and 26, a combined, what, 40-something points? <laughs> I can't do math that quick in my head, 50, but... 53. 53. <laughs> um, and then next up, Virginia Tech beats Syracuse. Um, Grant Passell comes with 25 points and 8 rebounds. It's good to see Virginia Tech um, get some wins. Yeah. Virginia barely beat Syracuse 67-62, and Jaden Gardner had 17 points and 8 rebounds. And then, surprisingly, Boston College comes away with a win against Clemson. This is the beginning of Clemson's downfall in the ACC rankings. Hopefully. Um, hopefully, yeah. Uh, they won 62-54, to and Makai Ashton-Langford had 15 points. Yeah, Boston College's win puts Clemson at 10-2 and in ACC play. Um, Miami beats Virginia Tech 92-83. to Orchid O'Meara with 21 points and 8 rebounds. And then Duke barely beats Wake Forest, 75-73. to um, We know Duke has been doing too hot this year, but still, only two points. Um, but uh, Jeremy Roach comes away with 21 points. Remember Jeremy Roach from last year? Yeah, we remember him. <laughs> uh, Louisville catches a, a dub versus Georgia Tech. Let's go. <laughs> Third win of the year for Louisville. Let's go, 319. Um, <laughs> Jaylene Withers with 19 points. A good win, Louisville. Yeah, they finally they finally Final, won a finally. game. I'm sure they're happy about that one. Next up, NC State absolutely dominates FSU, 94 to 66. Baby T comes away with 32 points a week after coming off of the Carolina court of a stretcher, but can apparently still put up 32 points the next week. So he's a hell of a player. <laughs> he is. He is. Um, so that's all. Oh, we are going to talk about the ACC rankings currently. Um, but those are all the games that have been played. Uh, we're filming this on Thursday night, so those are the only games that have been played in the past week. Clemson still tops the ACC at 10-2 and in conference play and 18-5 and overall. Uh, they have a nice little home, 12-0 and at home, so that's good. But they did recently lose to Boston College, so 
Virginia is looking to come and tie them at 10-2 and because um, Virginia has not played as many games as uh, Clemson has. Yeah, and Virginia, Virginia been, has been pulling out a lot of wins, so they'll probably – I think they'll pass them at some point, probably. Yeah, they prob- they, I think Virginia will probably win the ACC regular season title if I had to be a betting man. Um, Pittsburgh at 9-3 and three and 16-7 and seven overall. NC State at 8-4 and four and 18-5 and five overall. And then it's very competitive as we continue going down with Duke and UNC um, competing for 5th and 6th. Which just makes Saturday even more interesting. It will. We'll just put us, put us one of them ahead. Yeah, hopefully. Um, that, yeah, everything else in the HC, everything's pretty tied up um, after that. A lot of back and forth. Definitely a lot of back and forth. I mean, Pittsburgh was pretty... Were, they were pretty low in the rankings. I mean, they were they were on the middle of the plaque, but they caught they caught off a little win streak. They have three wins in a row, and so I think that's bumping them up a lot. Also, with State and Miami taking a few losses. Um, but speaking of Pitt, let's talk about the great game that was played on Wednesday night. Oh, uh, we played. We just we didn't play that well, honestly. Definitely did not play well at all. Um, Burton just lit us up. Um, Cummings lit us up. It was it was it was gross. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely an off game. You could tell for UNC, but at the same time, you can't have off games at this point in the season. I feel like this was some that this is a game that I would see them performing like this towards the beginning of the season. But we're getting so close to March and this everything. is late in the season. Yeah, it's it's too late for games like this to happen. Um, no. Nellie Cummings had was shot eight from eleven from the field and went five for six from three, mm. which is a lot. <laughs> yeah, very well, good, very good percentage for for him. He lit us up with twenty one points, and then he did he get ejected or was it Bert? No, it was it was it was he he got um five fouls with a couple minutes left to play, mm-hmm. and Burton Jamarius Burton just absolutely continued where he left off. He had nineteen points. When Leaky Black guarded him, so he didn't um, shoot as well. But after Leaky Black um, got four fouls, he started um, shooting a lot better, and he had 19 points. I feel like one of those two were always just giving us buckets every single yeah. every single defensive possession. Yeah, always was. Um, and then one thing that I noticed pretty heavily was you can just tell. I mean, RJ was not at 100% at all. I mean, he didn't start practicing, I believe, until – Monday or Tuesday, and then they went ahead and let him play. I honestly, I don't think it would have hurt us if he would have been on the bench. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, his his shooting was, I think, the worst of the season for him. He shot 3 for 15 from the field and 0 for 6 from 3, which you don't commonly see with R.J. Davis. Yeah, I, I feel like if we would have had Trimble in there instead, I feel like, I mean, I don't think it would have helped us a whole lot, but I think it definitely could have helped just the fact of, you, he may, he probably could have used another rest game to get ready for Saturday as well. Yeah, I mean he he played thirty seven minutes, which which is a lot for someone who is coming off an injury like him. Yeah, just got smacked in the face. Another <laughs> another player that didn't play as well was Armando, who shot three for ten from the field. And yes, I understand that every single basket he was probably getting fouled on, but still three for ten is very. <laughs> Very poor for shooting two two um, two pointers. Yeah, and I mean, Ar- I could also tell um, Armando just 
he acted like he wasn't there almost. Like, I was watching him play defense on some of the shots, and he literally would just stand there. He yeah. wasn't – I don't know if he was avoiding fouls or what because, I mean, the refs were calling everything, but I don't really know what was going on in his head this game. I feel like in the previous games, you could tell that he was he was the hardest-working guy on the court, and he, like, wanted to get the ball, and he wanted to go and, per, like, defend. He wanted to do, He wanted to do everything, but – in this game, I th- I think he looked a little lackluster. He maybe like sloppy. I don't know. I could just didn't see the dog in him on this game. Yeah. He still ended up with a double double and fifteen points, but not his not his best game for sure. Yeah, definitely not. Um, Pete Nance also started off pretty slow at the beginning of the game. He was just sh- shooting shots and not making any of them. So he picked it up though, and like in the second half. I feel like at one point he was the only one we could count on for a, a consistent bus- basket with his turnaround jumper. Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree with that. He was able to pick it up. Um, but Caleb Love actually performed pretty well. Um, he's definitely, hopefully, hopefully he's getting his comeback in time for March Madness in time for these important games. He comes out with 22 points. Um, but there were, I mean, yesterday, the game, we just, like, weren't there almost, it seemed like. It was there for the taking for us, but and we just never took it. Yeah. Honestly, and you. Some people have been saying like the refs and everything, that the refs shouldn't have a, a factor in it. Yeah. We I, had we had way more free throws than them. Um, and I don't know. I mean, we should have just taken the game. It was ours to have. Yeah, I agree with that. And the the refs were they were a little uptight, but I definitely agree. I mean, the amount of free throws we shot, if we would have made most more free throws than we did we would have won the game I think yeah 13 from 22 from free throw yeah I think that could be a lot better also we sh- we didn't really shoot the ball well at all um five for 27 and three points three pointers Ow. yeah and 23 for um 66 from the field is you just it's tough I don't I mean it's a make shot game yeah I mean I, I don't know whether to blame it on the fact that they did have a week, not a, yeah, they had a week off about, I don't know whether to blame it on the fact of that, they ran out of, like, the, I don't, I, I just don't know. Yeah. One positive stat that I, I'm looking at right now is our rebounds, and I feel like even on missed free throw attempts, every single time we were competing for the rebound, which I did like, uh, Armando and Pete Nance did a great job of doing that. Like even just sometimes Pete Nance tipping it out and then us regaining possession. I feel like for a couple minutes there, we just got the ball over and over again. So I like to see that. Yeah, rebounding was definitely good. Um, one thing that I want to say about like this team. So I, if you guys haven't seen it, there's this um, like season recap from 2016, 2017 year when we won the national championship. It's on Carolina Basketball's YouTube. And like whenever I lose hope. <laughs> And our basketball team, I always go and watch that video because it's just, like, amazing. And so last night after we lost, me and my friends were watching this, and my friend said one thing that stuck with me. He said that this team has nowhere near the chemistry that that team had. Yeah, that that team was incredible. And I, I feel like that's been one of our issues over the past, like, two years or so. I don't even know if I want to say two, but definitely this year. I mean, the chemistry just isn't there. and yeah. It's just... I don't know. I I don't know what to blame it on. It's hard. Unless you're a player, you don't really know what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just kind of what we see, but we definitely need to get that together if we're going to hope for a March Madness run. Um, 
we got to play better basketball. Yeah. and Especially at home. Yeah, exactly, especially at home. Um, but big game Saturday against Duke. Don't really know how it's going to go. I'm kind of scared if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> I think I think we got it. You think so? I think so. We've won three out of the last four in Cameron, so. That is very true, but um, I still think it's funny that the Duke students sit there and camp out in tents for three weeks for tickets to this game. It's been, like, I've seen it all over the place, and that's just crazy to me. Like, they literally have, like, tent checks every, like, four hours, I think, and if they're not in the tent, then their place for tickets gets moved back. That's crazy. It's, like, it's literally insane, and I just... I get it, but I don't get it, Yeah. you know? And, like, to, to think about last year, they did all of that just to, <laughs> just lose, to lose is kind of funny to the me. The whole ESPN game cast for Coach K's final game, and they just lost. Yeah, so I think that that part's crazy to me when it comes to Duke. And, like, I saw I saw a TikTok earlier, and it was, like, imagine paying 80K to sleep in tents for three weeks <laughs> just to get basketball tickets. <laughs> um it's the rivalry, man. It's worth yeah, it. Yeah, I guess it is for them. I guess it is, but... Um, Duke comes in with a, their favored 70% to 30%, so mm. ESPN only rates us as a 30% chance of winning this game. Um, Kyle Flipowski and Armando Baycott are going to... Um, the two top performers for the both teams, and they're going they're going at it. Yeah, and I'm I like that we're underdog because like I've said before, every time we're underdog underdog, we usually pull through. I feel like us being underdog helps us. Yeah, may, I think it might help us too. Armando's right now fifth in um, Division One college basketball in rebounds per game, which at eleven point four. Which hopefully that those stats can help us win the game on. Saturday. Hope so, but it's definitely going to be a... It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a good battle, too, between Armando and Kyle. I mean, Kyle's huge. <laughs> yeah, he's he's big. But we'll see what happens. Definitely will be a good podcast next week talking about it, win or lose. It's definitely going to be a good game, I feel like. And I feel like recently with how aggressive UNC players have been about things, about calls and things like that, we yeah. might see a brawl. We might see a brawl. There's a high chance we might see a brawl. Um, R.J. Davis last night getting a double technical. Yeah. That, I, that th- one, I love that. I kind of didn't like that call, though, at all. Really? I didn't see it in real life, but on TV, it just kind of didn't look like anything really happened. It just looked like they were kind of, they were pushing a little bit defending, but I feel like it's basketball, you know? It's like it's a physical game. Exactly. And so, but I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know. That one just, that, that one I was kind of like, eh. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure about that. I don't. I think. It, I think it was a double technical. I think RJ li- was a little, a little much, honestly. Yeah. But it was. It was good to see him have that fight in him. I feel like down the stretch, Caleb and RJ are the only two players that will consistently, um, like fight no yeah. matter what. They they will never like Caleb Love will never back down no matter what. When there's thirty thirty seconds on the clock, he will never not shoot a three-pointer to tie the game. Yeah. That's and that's one thing that you, you like about him. He his confidence is so high that 
he's a perfect guy to give it to, and he doesn't he doesn't care if he misses. He he shoots it over and over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even though he misses, I think it is good that he continues to just take those shots that no one else wants to take because they're scared. He's confident in himself. Yeah. I, I I appreciate him being so confident in himself, and that worked out last time we faced Duke. So. It did, but um, yeah. At the end of that pick game, though, I didn't like the slap of the hand that Caleb received as he was shooting and nothing was called. I think that um it was actually after time had already expired and oh, that's it was. why that's why it was uh, that's why it wasn't called but it was ve- definitely close. Yeah. But he definitely got slapped. At the yeah, hand. he got slapped pretty bad. Um I don't think it was I mean yes he blocked it but I think it was more of a slap than a block because it definitely ended up hitting Caleb. Um but <laughs> Let's move on from this loss. I'm but, tired of talking about it. Are we, um, are we moving on to the Cable Brothers? No, we're going to talk about UNC Women's first. Uh, okay, UNC okay, Women's okay. first. Women first. You know, this week it was National Girls and Women in Sports Day, so I'm going to give my little shout-out to all the girls and women in sports, um, continuing to inspire all the young kids and everyone else. I mean, I f- it's gotten so much better over the years, and I love it. I'm very excited to see where women's sports continue to go. Um, like, some of UNC's athletics, our women's are some of our best teams. I mean, field hockey. The best teams, actually. <laughs> yeah, they are. Field hockey, women's and men's tennis is pretty good, but our women's soccer team is incredible. Lacrosse. Lacrosse. Women's lacrosse. Women's Sorry. lacrosse is incredible. Like, I just feel like a lot of our women's teams don't get the appreciation they deserve because they are better than, like, big teams like football. If yeah. you look at records when it comes down to it. Um but anyways, they get they get the over undershadowed. They definitely do. Um, but the women's basketball team, they are playing a game right now, actually, as we are filming this. But they had a game last Saturday or Sunday, I believe, um, and it they came out with a win over Clemson. Uh, Paulina Paris. This is my girl. She comes in and she actually started as a freshman this game. Um, she puts up 22 points and also has five steals. I mean, for a freshman, that is an incredible play. Um, super happy to see her starting. She she She's a superstar. She was ACC Women's Player of the Week as well as a freshman. Um, super excited for her to continue to be good. Um, she's going to have to – I mean, Deja Kelly is, I think – junior so once deja leaves and paulina paris may be the one yeah she may be the one i think i definitely have some high hopes for her um and then kennedy todd williams the name i keep saying she's been putting up a steady points she comes out with 15 points and Alyssa utsby comes out with nine points and 11 rebounds almost reaching a double double um and that game that's going on right now is against virginia they're currently the third quarter just ended um unc is leading 53 to 40 so hopefully they can pull out the win on that one if I'm looking over at your phone correctly, I see a number 11 ranked in the nation. I do see a number 11 ranked for our women's team. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, Paulina Paris, as I was talking about her, she did start again this game that was going on tonight. This game is also a home game. so It's in Carmichael. In Carmichael, the good old Carmichael. But, yeah, that 11 rankings, definitely what they deserve. We were talking about that last week. Very... They were they got they deserve more and they got it so definitely super proud of them. Eleventh is insane. Um, definitely better than our men's team like we were just talking about. But um, hopefully, I think they could go pretty far in March Madness. They're on a current good win streak. Yeah, they are. And so I'm. I mean, they're sixteen and five right now. So going into March, I kind of have some high hopes for them. Little hot streak. 
little hot streak. But right now, um, the leading scores right now, Anaya Poole actually is our leading scorer right now with 11 points. And then Alyssa and Deja are following her at 9. Um, so hopefully they can pull away with that win, keep going up in the rankings, and keep their win streak. Yeah. Speaking of women's sports, Erin Matson, field field hockey star. The woman, the woman. Okay, here's my thing. I love this hire. I love Erin Matson. I love her as a person, as an athlete. She is. She truly is great. She's incredible. But the one thing that's a little weird to me is the fact that she is now going to be coaching some of her teammates. <laughs> that was a little <laughs> weird for me too. That. Like, she's a great hire. Like I said, she's an amazing... She's a UNC field hockey goat. Yeah, she truly is. But, I mean, as an athlete, like, if if a senior who just graduated comes in and starts coaching me, I would not be able to take it seriously. <laughs> but that's just me. But either way, she she's an incredible player. Super excited for her. But I was talking to my dad. Shout out, Robbie. Um, he has a theory that Karen Shelton is still going to have a big appearance, like a uh, big play, you know? Yeah. And I think I think that's accurate, and I think they maybe could have planned this a little bit in the fact of she can come and take Karen's spot, but Karen can still be involved and still help out and really guide Erin in her journey of coaching. I mean, if it's anyone, Erin Matson is the girl. Uh, no, exactly. But with Erin being so young, I mean, if that's she a does... Of, that's if a she, dynasty it is. It's. It's a. They already have a dynasty in field hockey. A double dynasty. Literally, and so I mean, with her becoming head coach, if she is as good at coaching as she is as a player, oh wow. We that that uh field hockey stadium is gonna have a lot more national championships on that sign. A lot more. <laughs> field hockey school. That's what we are. We are a field hockey school. I could say that with full confidence. But um, their official practices with Aaron as head coach starts on Monday. Um, so I saw I saw her there. She was at their practice the other day, though. I d- I thought I didn't see her. Yeah, no, she was no, she was there. She was in her little puffer jacket. I maybe that's just because I can't see that far. But maybe. I I was looking in there trying to see if she was in there, and I couldn't see her. Did you see Karen? I did not see Karen. Hmm, that is, mm, that is interesting. Maybe my theory's wrong. I don't know, but I do know Karen and Aaron are very close. Yeah. So definitely. if Karen isn't there, I think she's still gonna be mentoring. Aaron. She's still definitely gonna be have to be an mentor for Aaron. It's definitely going to be a lot for her um, coaching a whole team and yeah. knowing how to manage that stuff. Going from a legit college student. To, I mean, she, she just graduated coach, in December. To a, a coach of the best field hockey team in the country. But, I mean, she is a three-time national champion, so. Yeah. Three-time. Three out of four. Yeah. Goat. She, she's the goat. Um, but, yeah, super excited for her. Perfect timing. After National Girls and Women's Sports Day, she got a little uh, spotlight during the basketball game. She did. Um, so, super excited for her. We live right by the field hockey stadium, our dorm is at least. So, we'll be able to peek in there a few times, see what's going on, see how they're looking. Yep. Um, but next up, another uh, coach kind of thing it's not for us though Dre Bly our cornerbacks our ex-cornerbacks coach is actually the cornerback coach for the Lions now that's that's interesting that's crazy that that's what I was thinking but but here's my thing I think it's good because I think Dre Bly's issue has been the idea of um what's the word why can't I think of it like 
creating the players, like helping uh, them, like you know, because you're getting these teenagers and um, making like uh, capitalizing on their talent, but also teaching. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I don't know why I can't think of the word right now, um, but cultivating. It's kind of cultivating, not the yeah. correct word, but um, but. He, I think as an NFL coach, he would be good. Because yeah. I think that one thing that he's missing, that he's been missing at UNC, is not being able to help those players get to where they need to be. But, but I if think, they're already there, then... Exactly. I think if they're already there, he'll be a great cornerback coach. Yeah, he has Jeff Akuda over there. I mean, the, the, the Lions are uh, an interesting team that are probably going to be better in the next few, couple of years. So yeah. I think Dre Bly can help them win. Yeah, so super excited for Dre Bly. Big-time job. Um, definitely... Very good for him. Um, next up, we are going to talk about the little controversy. In the in the locker room, or I yeah. guess right outside the locker room. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeff Capel, the uh, head coach of Pitt, had some interesting words to say about um, UNC basketball. Yeah. Um, basically, after the before the game, UNC tweeted a picture of Creighton Labu and wearing number 25, which happens to be also be the number that Jason... Um, Jason Capel wore, and this um, was seen as disrespect, I guess. See, I just don't understand that, <laughs> because it was the post of, like, the, it was the game day post, you know, they post that before every single game, and they feature every other player, so it's kind of interesting to me why they would feel so disrespected, because it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. I think Kay- Creighton Lebo has been on the front before for the game day picture. They literally rotate it between the players, bench and starters. Yeah, and the guy that the guy or person that not necessarily guy the the person that tweeted it said that they did not even realize that Jason Capel's number was even ever twenty five. They yeah. they had no idea, and so. I think it was just a misunderstanding. But the the words that he had for the media were, "Y'all gonna disrespect me? All I did for this program, y'all gonna boo me?" I held this S word together when Matt Doherty tore apart. F that S word. <laughs> and those are some those are some very vul- strong vul- vulgar words. Very strong and vulgar words. Um he also thought that the booing as they were running out was for Pitt, but it was not. I think the booing was due to the refs not calling yeah, that may- foul. Maybe the maybe the call, I'm thinking. I cuz I don't I don't think most of the students here even know who Jason Capel is. <laughs> Um, but they, they should. He they should. Player, but. They should. But I doubt most of the students that were there knew. So I really just do not think that. I don't think there was any ill will towards Jason Capel. Yeah, I mean, but I was looking through. Twitter was blowing up last night over this. I mean, it, it was a big thing. But I'm surprised that Jeff Capel would want words like that out in the media. So yeah. he had to be very, 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 very mad. Um, yeah. That was that's an interesting situation. I hope the programs can um, heal the bad the wounds because we don't want to see alumni talking crap about the university like that. Yeah, but it wasn't Jason directly. It was Jeff who was saying these things. No, I think Jason was. Oh, the one, Jason, Jason was, the one who was said that. Jason was the one that said that. Jeff, um, Jeff was actually talking to the media about how he actually loves UNC, but yeah, he was also feeling disrespected. It is very interesting. Um... Mm. Maybe maybe he felt bad blood, and that's why Pitt came out and played so hard. That so that hard. could be exactly why. It could yeah. that's why they probably put up such a good game. But I don't. Some people are also saying that Jason was feeling like his 
jersey should have been like retired or something oh and that's another reason why he was mad they put uh creighton on the cover because i (laughs) like i i I think there's a lot of overthinking assuming going on there because like i said the person on the front of the game day post changes every game they include every single player i don't think it was that deep if there's anyone who has needs to have their jersey retired it's armando baycott's exactly exactly (laughs) (laughs) but i think marcus page might get a little mad about that one you know because they wore the same number uh, no, Baycott deserves it. <laughs> um, but to finish, I don't, do we have anything else to say about that? I feel like, like, we, I just, I do hope that they just kind of, like, mend. The bad blood. Yeah, because yeah. Pitt has always gave us a run for our money, so. Pitt has owned us the last couple of years. They've five out of six, is that right? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what I saw. So, yeah, but definitely interesting in my opinion, the whole thing. I just didn't really understand um, much of the issue, you know. But um, to end out today's podcast, we are going to rank our top three Duke games um, because of the Duke game on Saturday. So we're going to start off from three to one. So this one is at three. Um, in 2007, March 4th, Duke and Carolina played a, a game, and it wasn't that close. UNC won 86-72. But the game is infamous for an elbow getting thrown. I think it was after a foul shot. Mm-hmm. And Tyler Hansbrough's broken nose game. Yeah, this that that's such an iconic one. Some peeps, some UNC students, literally take a Tyler Hansbrough jersey and put like fake blood on it, and it'll be their Halloween costume. <laughs> it's how the, it's how the legend of Psycho T came alive. Exactly. Um, that was definitely you know. That, that's just such. That's like, just infamous. You know? Yeah, such like a rivalry display game. I mean, the willpower just go out there and keep playing, even with blood all on his jersey. I mean, it love was. Love to see it. Love to see it. We love Psycho T. We love Psycho T. Um, and then at number two, <laughs> last year, Cameron Indoor, Coach K's final game. Gosh, they did all the media attention, oh. everyone. I bet he loved it. He loved it so oh. much. He had, like, so many ceremonies. And His narcissism was thriving. The ESPN coming in and just giving him everything he wanted, and then... To lose. To, to lose. Carolina. Oh, it felt so good. <laughs> oh, that was... that. Oh. Everyone thought that that was, like, the end of Coach K at Cameron. He, yeah. he goes out on an L, but no. In the national... Er, in, the, in the final four, guess what happened? <laughs> In New Orleans. Great game. At number That's... one, we have the game in New Orleans, UNC versus Duke in the final four to send Coach K for good. UNC wins it. And, send him packing. Honestly, send him packing. Honestly, it's over. I mean, <laughs> Coach K cannot say anything at this point. His, um, first, his first win, or I mean, his first loss was against Carolina, and his last loss was against Carolina, and it feels so good. It feels so good as a Carolina fan. And the funniest part about that Duke game, I have a funny story about this one. Um, so when all of this was going on, um, my dad comes into my room about like a week before the Duke game, or maybe a few days, and he goes, Avery, if we win against Duke in the Final Four, we are going to the national championship. And I was like, ah, oh, like, we're not going to win. Like, I, I was determined we were going to lose. I just didn't have the confidence in us. And, well, we won. And then night, the day after, me and my dad were on a plane in New Orleans. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Or not the night after. It was, it was two days after. We won Saturday night and Monday morning. We hopped on a plane at 4 a.m. to New Orleans and went wow. to the national championship game. That's crazy. So that's also a great memory for me as well. 
that game and um I my favorite part was seeing all the Duke fans who were still there and already <laughs> had tickets to the Nets championship game walking around with their Duke shirts on with some sort of pride for some reason. That was my favorite thing to see in New Orleans, but Caleb Love's beautiful shot for that game. I actually have that picture framed in my room Over currently. Mark Williams. Great game, you know. I was that yeah, it's a great game. Game that got me to go to a national championship, so definitely my top number one as well. Um, honorable mention for me. I don't remember the exact year, but I always bring up J.P. Tokido's backwards dunk against Duke. Uh, I forgot what year that was, but I know it was a win, and um, that was definitely a really good game. Yeah, a lot of good games against Duke. It's it's really funny because I can remember mostly every Duke game we've played. Like, I remember watching on my little tiny TV in my room as, like, a (laughs) fifth grader watching these games. That's awesome. And it just shows you how far the rivalry goes. Best rivalry in sports. It is the best rivalry in sports. What time's the game on Saturday? Nine? 6.30. 6.30? Yeah. That's a little early. But um, definitely super excited for that. Definitely going to be an electric day in Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to be here, even though it's not in Chapel Hill. I know a lot of people are going to be here. Yeah, definitely, for sure. But hopefully, hopefully. We come out with the victory. And we can rush Franklin Street. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. That would make my freshman year. Um, <laughs> make my freshman year to win a national championship. That too, but that's a stretch. <laughs> that's a stretch. Um, but, yeah, super excited for the game. Like I said, we'll probably have a lot to talk about next week. Um but, yeah, not that much to talk about this week. We only had one game. There wasn't a whole lot to talk about. Yeah. See you guys next week. See you guys next week. Bye-bye.